This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Back in with another edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. Thanks for being with us. I am Danny Williams, Jake Meyer, sitting next to me here. We're at the Mile High Sports Studios. We just did our uh, radio show. We do that 9 to 11 every single day um, at 98.1 FM, milehighsports.com. A lot of ways to get involved with the show. We also do the podcast every single day. Um, And we appreciate you guys, if you're listening right now, being with us. Subscribe to this podcast anywhere you could subscribe to podcasts. Okay, Uh, Apple, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, We appreciate you guys. We're going to try to do and we've been doing since the start of training camp a podcast for you nearly every single day. And this is Broncos uh, country. There's plenty to talk about um, besides just Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And we will do that. It's a Hall of Fame induction edition of of the Broncos Blitz podcast. Uh, Peyton last night gave his speech. It was, I thought it was thoughtful. I thought Peyton was, you know, your, um, it was the best of Peyton. He gave a, a couple jokes. He, you know, paid homage to some of the other, to his peers. He said that um, it was kind of cool how he said that Joe, uh, John Madden said at the, the busts, Jake, talk to each other they speak to each other in the night and that they scrimmage and you know he said that um he enjoyed just being a dad and coaching his eight-year-old's flag football team and i just thought he was incredibly thoughtful he like thanked football he honored football he got emotional about his dad um i think Payne's great man it's weird because Peyton's as big of a superstar as a sports superstar comes in America, okay? Yet, there's you could just really st- still see, like, the dad in him and how his family is really important to him. No doubt about it. You know, Peyton Manning really showed us in his induction speech, you know, the some insights to Peyton Manning, the man, as opposed to, you know, the superstar that we all see on TV and on the field and like on the persona, Sundays. you know? Right, right. And, you know, I, I give Peyton a hard time every now and then uh, about, you know, being a little overrated. But the man is a Hall of Famer, one of the best He's minds ever great, to yeah. do it. And so... Great. His, his stature to the league. You know, I, I've said this before. Like, if we were going to, we have to have, like, our best of all sports, our best politicians, our best scientists. You know, we're sending them to fight another universe's, uh, you know, best of. We'd be sending Peyton to help, you know, game plan against Mars or, well, it's another galaxy. So it'd be, like, the bizarro Earth or whatever it would be. Right, right. And you know, Eagle <laughs> Earth. And he did his thing. He was, you know, had a couple jokes in there, you know, yeah. uh, your typical Peyton Manning dad jokes. Uh, Polished. Hilarious. Polished, hilarious. You know, um, John Lynch was another. What were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, do you think Peyton goes in more as a Bronco or does he go in more as a Colt? I think probably about a push, but that also says a lot about um, his time here with the Broncos. I actually think that his best years, his best, best years were here with the Broncos over the three-year stretch, the best years over his entire career that he had, in, you know, over a three- or four-year span in in Indy. And, you know, to make his home here, to be hanging out. I mean, he's not hanging around Colts camp. You know, he's not, you know, showing his face at 
Pacers games. He's, you know, he's a man about town. He lives about four minutes here from our studios here in the Tech Center. And Peyton's like all in in this community. And I, I love that. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like we got, you know, like John Elway is, you know, Mr. Bronco. He is a Bronco. The Duke. In a weird way, it feels like Peyton's got some of that too. So also, you know, with the Peyton stuff, I think it's worth talking about. He sounded like... You know, again, Schefter, that's why he's the best. Right when I was going to tweet out that, man, this guy sounds like the next NFL commissioner. Schefter drops it. And, you know, so a couple other people mentioned that, too. You know, Payton could be the president, you know, of the, of the, you know, of the United States. Um, he's got that kind of stuff in him. and He's beloved. He is really beloved. And I think for all the right reasons, I'll tell you, man, if there was one guy who, like, I would found out, like, he's really a jerk. He's really a jerk. Or, like, I saw something, like, no way. Or, like, had a, you know, some kind of incident happen, you know, whether, you know, I don't even, you know, joke about stuff. Um, I'd be the most shocked if it was Peyton. He seems like the truest. He seems the truest, true very, blue. Very, very true blue. Seems very genuine. Yeah. And everything that, you know, he, he said you know, it seemed real and it wasn't for, you know, the TV no. or it wasn't just lip service or anything. Heart. You know, he really was speaking out of emotion. And it, that was one great thing from the induction ceremonies was, was Peyton's moments. Well, let's talk about Steve Atwater for a little bit. OK, the smiling assassin <laughs> with one of the best <laughs> nicknames of all time. I called him the silent assassin on the show today and I didn't hear the end of it for two straight hours. But the smiling assassin is, you know, one of the great nicknames of all time to one of the greatest, you know, players of all time. And you're thinking, oh, one of the greatest players of all time. My son said, you know, Steve Atwater, you know, who is he? He's eight. Uh, how good was he? You know, he's like, well, how good was he? And I'm like, he's one of the best. And he goes, one of the best ever on earth. And I was like, ever. I had to think about it. And like, you know, he's eight. You want to tell him the truth, like, like what it is to make him like feel it. And I'm like, yes. He at his position, he played safety. He's one of the greatest ever in the history of Earth. And he was like, wow. And you know, he was. Steve Atwater's a top five or seven safety of all time. If you want to put him after Ronnie Lott and Ed Reed and Paul Amala, you can. I wouldn't. I'd put him Ronnie Lott as like kind of the goat. And then I'd put Steve Atwater right right there. And I'd put like the Rod Woodsons of the world uh, up there with the Paul Amalos. Ed Reed. The Ed Reeds and the Chancellors and the... Um, Geez, it's tough. I have to think about it a little bit more. But Steve Atwater's in anyone's top ten if you know anything about football all time, and I think he's in anyone's top five. I think he's cla a class act, revered, uh, bridged the gap of era of old school Broncos football when they're kind of struggling to you know to beat the NFC after a bunch of play uh, Super Bowl shortcomings to. Being one of the guys, a, a part of like the culmination, and you know, again, you know, ninety seven, ninety eight, those those Broncos teams are amongst the you know four or five best teams ever, like in the history of the NFL. So, um, Steve Atwater, I mean, just a true bona fide like a Bronco in every sense, going into the Hall of Fame. It feels so so good because you know John Lynch and Peyton weren't necessarily ours. I mean, they had great years here. It's cool they're in the Ring of Fame, and it's cool they honor the Broncos as Hall of Famers now. But you know, Steve Atwater. Man, homegrown, just for it's it, the finest. It's the finest things, and I love it. And he's another one of those people that are are, are just great guys and uh, class, pure class, his, individual. 
his play speaks for itself. You just have to go back and watch the tape. But uh, aside from that, his, also his work in Broncos media is, yeah, is, sure. is great, and in the community, all that kind of stuff. You know that that just puts you know the pieces together. To, you know, outside of his football play, as a, a a whole person, that stuff matters. Yeah, the whole package. Um, package, and, no, and he's it. a Hall of Famer through well, and through. Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, miss. Hall of Infamous. Sometimes you got to have a little extra. That personality got to have, as the kids would say, that extra. He he built different um, to you know to make the Hall of Fame. If you're unassuming and kind of quiet, you know that might be something that hurt the Randy Gratishires and the Carl Mecklenburgs. I'd say not. I'd say they didn't win Super Bowls. And if they did, then we would look at those guys like Jack Lambert and uh, the Mean Joe Greens, who I don't think Mean Joe Greens in the Hall of Fame, but guys like that, the Donnie Shells, who are in the Hall of Fame, you know, guys who were great all-time players uh, on great teams who won Super Bowls. So, you know, that's the shortcomings of those those guys that we didn't win at all. You know, championships define kind of careers and legacies. And Steve Atwater is one of the, you know, it's, it's sweet. It's so sweet for him. Um, John Lynch was one of the guys who stole the show as well. Uh, his speech was pretty powerful um, and, and pretty impressive. He's a very impressive guy. We see, like, I think his work after football solidified himself as a Hall of Fame player because people realize, mm -hmm. well, look how smart this guy was. Um, of course, he's on a defense that is one of the all-time greats. Rondé, um, Simeon Rice, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, all those guys. Um John Lynch, you know, he's white. He's a white guy. He's safety. They're rare. It's like a unicorn. Um, it was... It was a great weekend for Broncos country. A lot of Broncos jerseys there. A lot of Broncos support there from the in the crowd. I wish I would have been there, and I wish I would have taken my son. And we, I kind of blew it. We dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, that would have been a great trip for for anybody, you know. And with. John Lynch, you know, I heard somebody say that I've never seen somebody at the end of the play just jump on the pile and, and just rack up those assisted tackles. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that might, you know, add to his uh, his tackle total a little bit. So John Lynch, the executive, John Lynch, the player, whether it be with Tampa Bay or with the Broncos, he was fantastic, always gives 100 percent effort it played with his heart so that's uh, I think a big reason why mm -hmm. you know he was inducted into the Hall of Fame and just the uh, the luster around John yeah. Lynch okay let's talk about here some of the let's take a break here we'll call it halftime it's not really a break we're just going to catch up do some business and then we'll talk about the next great Broncos Hall of Famers or the next guys who are worthy of getting into the Hall of Fame whether it be some of the old guys we mentioned the the Randys and the uh, Mecklenburgs or, or some of the guys from 2015 you know there's going to be a couple players from that team who make the Hall of Fame other than just Vaughn Miller uh, but you're listening to the Broncos Blitz podcast. You probably know that. I'm Danny Williams. Jake Meyer is producing the project. I'm an all-time. I'm an all-time Denver radio legend and great legend. Might be strong, Jake. Folk, folk hero. hero, more like folk hero. And Jake, I always say, is the next great thing, ladies. Um, so yeah, we appreciate you guys being with us. Subscribe to this podcast. Review it. Um, Anywhere you can get podcasts, MyLineSports.com, you can check it out as well. The MyLineSports app is a thing of beauty. You can find it right up there up top. Um, check out our show as well, which we do 9 to 11, Monday through Friday, 98.1 FM, MyLineSports.com, where you can watch the show. Uh, all that, man. So, um, okay. Give me your next single most worthy Hall of Famer for the Broncos. Next most single worthy 
um, whether it be player or coach, um, person worthy to go into Canton uh, for the orange and blue? Man, there's a lot of them. You know, we, we talked about it on the show earlier. Um, I'm not going to go back in the day because I just didn't have a chance to see those guys play live. Uh, but I am going to go to uh, the era that I grew up watching, and that's going to be the Rod Smith, Mike Shanahan era. Mm. Those two guys have to go in soon. Uh, Shanahan, his coaching career uh, with Washington, with the Denver Broncos, the, the multiple playoff runs, the Super Bowls, that puts Mike Shanahan in. I think Shanahan should be the most deserving to go in next. Okay. I like how you did that because that's your era. You know, Rod, Mike Shanahan, and of your era, we'll add Tom Nalen. Okay. okay. Who uh, our guy, Nick Manning, Doc, the doctor, who writes for MileHighSports.com and has contributed to High Sports, had in a piece that he we found this morning when we were talking about it, the five most worthy Broncos, next most worthy Broncos to go in the Hall of Fame. Um, we have to, like, for me, um, well, you know, one of my specialties is, I don't know, like the history of the league. Um, you know, some guys... It's like they just started caring about football once fantasy football started 20 years ago. Um, to me, you know, Randy Gratishar, if you look at the body work, the reputation, he's like Jack Lambert. He just didn't play for the Steelers. He played for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. You know, um, an all-time great, like a bona fide, revered guy from a like a era of yesteryear, um, totally incredibly worthy, and he's probably got to be up there first because if you Jake don't get those guys in and you pass them by, then they never get in, and then we right. just move on to Mike Shanahan, who I think is in my top three next most worthy guys. I got Randy. I'm not going to forget Carl, but Carl Mecklenburg's not on my list. It goes Mike Shanahan, Randy Gratishire. Uh, Mike Shanahan, for one, from the uh, Bill Walsh coaching tree stuff to the Raiders stuff to the um, incredible ride he had here as good as any run any coach has ever had at a spot to then going and getting RG3 and turning that guy into somehow, you know, a, a playoff team um, for one year in Washington before, you know, like any Washington coach or any Washington team gets dysfunctional with a terrible, you know, um, owner and just organization in general and gets ran. So I think Mike Shanahan is bona fide, straight up a, a Hall of Famer. Um, but don't forget, like, guys, you know, uh, coaches have to wait sometimes. Even Bill Parcells just didn't get put into the Hall of Fame. He had to wait. Bill Parcells, of all guys. So uh, my third guy is active. It's Vaughn. Mm. I mean, Vaughn's first ballot. No Vaughn doubt. is a superstar of the league. Vaughn, at one point, at the peak, at the peaky peak, 2015, 16, 17, was probably maybe the most popular guys in the league, the most popular player in the league other than a quarterback. Um, Vaughn Miller strip sack. You know, these Hall of Famers have to have these iconic moments, and Vaughn Miller strip sack is one of those well, moments yeah, that no fans will never forget. The look, the style, the way the guy talks, the swag, all, I mean, everything about it, you know, Vaughn is... Um, you know, he's fallen on some rough times, some patches with a little bit of, you know, personal stuff. But Vaughn, you know, people are expecting Vaughn to bounce back with 13 or 14 sacks this year. And if he does, it'd be huge for his legacy, for what it would mean for the Broncos this season, what it would really mean for the team, and what it would mean for the chances of the Broncos re-signing Vaughn. But, you know, right now, Vaughn, you could put Vaughn in the Hall of Fame for me right right now. He's got all that kind of stuff. If he retired today, he is a Hall of Famer. Oh, no, no doubt about doubt it. About so, it. Um, okay. Well, that's um, we'll move on from the Hall of Fame discussion. We'll do a little bit of training camp stuff. Are they're off today, right? I think so. Okay, we'll double check that. Um, and yesterday, 
Drew stole the show a little bit. Again, stealing the show in the manner of a couple bombs, uh, the couple biggest wow plays in practice, which, you know, if all things are equal in a sense or led to believe they're equal, not, you know, by Broncos country and Broncos media, not inside the organization, then it would seem like Drew Locke won that day. But if we're keeping count, I got Drew Locke winning two or three days and Teddy winning all the other, you know, six days. So far, five days of camp. That's what I have. That's what I would have. So, yeah, they are off today. Yeah. Uh, they pick up again on Tuesday. They're, that is, Those are not open to the public. When's the next open one? Do you have that? Uh, that will be Wednesday. Okay. The next, uh, the next open to the public is when. Actually, that's in Minnesota. So that that's, that's when the they start scrimmages. practicing with Minnesota. Wednesday, Thursday, they'll be in Minnesota, and then Sunday, well, yeah, they are still not open to the public. So then next Tuesday, are they playing Saturday? When's the preseason game? Um, I think it's the Saturday. Okay, but uh, I'd have to double check that one. Um, but their next training it's a thing, camp, man, preseason game number one this weekend. You know. I mean, right around the go? corner. I don't know how ready you have to be to go in a uh, you know the preseason opener, but I'm really interested to see how they're gonna use these quarterbacks in these preseason games to help figure out who's the starter or not, or you know, um, or let us know through who they're playing and not playing and how they play these guys, the two guys who will be the starter. So we got you know, I think by the next week we'll have some clarification on who's going to lead this team it's feeling like they've done a great job of keeping this you know close to the vest you know and not letting anybody in or at least giving any information to reporters who would you know put out there that this team is leaning towards one guy or the other to me it's teddy we know that if you listen to the podcast and to the show we think it's teddy um, and in a lot of ways, you do too, Jake. Yet, you think Drew starts game one. Yeah, I, I think Teddy is the guy. He should be the guy. But Drew Locke, I think since he was here last year and Pat Shermer wants to give him one last opportunity. But at the end of the day, you know, Vic Fangio, this is his job on the yeah. line. And he might, you know, say that, look, sorry, Drew. And you, we've tried to give you all the opportunities in the world, but you keep getting hurt or you keep throwing picks. So I can't keep throwing you out there. Shermer is Locke's best hope. Because Shermer's the one who could say he's better, he gives, he's more explosive, I'm more enamored with his skill set and his upside and what we could do theoretically in the offense with Drew. But I'd say quite the opposite. I'd say that Fangio is rolling, wants to roll with Teddy. So we'll see who's got the kind of the say. And, you know, maybe it's who we mentioned on the show today, um, uh, the offensive line coach, uh, our guy, um, Mike, Mike Munchak, is will have maybe – a big time say in being the deciding factor of who could, you know, again, we think Mike Munchak could be the head coach of this team, you know, and I don't know, it might be unheard of, but if he were to elevate Munchak and, you know, send Fangio to basically duties of just running the defense, it sounds kind of unheard of, but I think that would be a recipe for them having more success than they've had. Oh, yeah, they would be much Quite better off. They would be much better Munchak's off. proven. He's proven himself as a great offensive mind and is one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. So let's call it there. 
Okay, we will have more to talk about in tomorrow's podcast as we build up to preseason game number one. We'll talk about these scrimmages with the Vikings and how kind of important they are. I think they're very important because you're going up against your defense, your defense, your defense over and over and over again. It's hard to, I think, for the offense to maybe grow, see something different, feel good about themselves against a defense like this and getting a different look against different players, I think will be very, very important for the offense. I think these things are important and they're very smart to do. It's even more important than the preseason games, in my opinion. Oh, interesting. Because your number one starters, they're not going to be playing in the preseason games. They're they're going to get some some reps, maybe a possession or two. But when you're doing your scrimmages, it's majority, you know, your starters yeah. going at it, and that's where the scrimmages come in so so big in, right. pre- in preparation for the season. All right, that's the Broncos Blitz Podcast. I'm Danny Williams. I'm at Tweets Danny on Twitter. Jake's at Jake Meyer Radio on Twitter as well. A lot of ways to get involved with the podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. We will be back tomorrow with another edition of the podcast. Uh, We appreciate you guys, and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night. Good night.